0: Welcome to the Big Ten Review Show Podcast. I'm Josh with my co-host Mario. Mario, happy Sunday. What's going on?
1: What is going on, guys? Happy Sunday, Josh.
0: Happy Sunday and another great weekend of football. I think probably like our lightest schedule for the rest of the year because, man, it picks up in week four.
1: It does, man. Um, hey, let's do like a uh let's do like an overreaction Monday. Kind of thing. I think that would be Ooh. fun. Key, key key word being overreaction. This uh, is a good that?
0: good time for it too. You know, because it was kind of like a sluggish weekend. I love it. Let's do it.
1: Okay, cool. Because I have a few overreactions here. Uh, you're gonna find some of these obnoxious. I promise. Um, Josh, first overreaction based on what we saw Saturday and the first three weeks of the season. Iowa has finally reached the height of their superpowers on offense. 41 points this weekend. Uh, Let's not forget they did outscore Ohio State in week one. Uh, Cade McNamara is having a sneaky good season. Uh, Stats might not reflect it yet, but they will pretty soon. you got to keep your eye on Cade, man, because like I said, he'll sneak up on you. He's like a a little gremlin out there. Uh, I have a feeling they're about to go on a run starting next week in Happy Valley at Penn State. LaShawn Williams is coming on. Hear me out. LaShawn Williams is coming on 145 yards this week. Eric All is a weapon on that offense. Overreaction. They're going to have a top five offense in the Big Ten before the season's over. Tell me why I'm wrong.
0: Oh, God. Why why would you be right is the better question on this one. Look, Cade was 9 for 19. He had two interceptions. Uh, And to be honest, these were garbage time points. And let me tell you why. I don't condone betting. If anyone's listened, I don't condone betting. However, I saw the line was 28 and a half in favor of Iowa. And I thought to myself, not a chance Iowa even scores 28 points. Like, there's no way. You know what happens? They're sitting there running the ball with under a minute left. They're trying to score instead of kicking field goals, going forward on fourth down. Total overreact. I know you're overreacting, but come on now. This team, they're just trying to get. uh, Brian Flores' contract here. There is no way this team's going to continue to put points up like that. Not a chance. All right.
1: What do you think about this top five offenses in the Big Ten by the end of the season? Michigan, Maryland, Penn State, Ohio State, and who? Iowa?
0: Maybe? No. No, absolutely. I'll take Northwestern over that. Ooh. <laughs> I'll take I'd that back. I'd say. <laughs> I'd say Wisconsin. I think Michigan State will be better, despite a rough week this week I mean there's there's plenty of teams look at how could you not say Wisconsin
1: I mean I could easily not say Wisconsin but um (laughs) all right next overreaction Josh next overreaction this is the best year we've seen in the Big Ten offensively ever you have offenses like Michigan and Ohio State capable of putting up 50 points on any given weekend can run and can pass as good if not better than any other team in the country Maryland just uh, just dropped 40-plus points again this week. Might have the best passing offense in the conference. Penn State scores 30-plus every week. Wisconsin, Nebraska, Rutgers all put up 35 points this week. Purdue can score. Michigan State and Noah Kim and Nate Carter can score this year. I mean, how Iowa just dropped 40 points. Best offensive football we've ever seen in the Big Ten. Tell me why I'm wrong.
0: Who's the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now?
1: Okay, so uh, look at the caliber of quarterbacks we have right now. we got J.J. McCarthy, NFL prospect. Drew Aller, NFL prospect, Talia Tungavailoa, Kyle McCord. Both those guys, McCord and Talia Tungavailoa, are potential NFL draft picks. Noah Kim coming into this weekend was playing really well. Tanner Mordecai can ball. Cade McNamara, Hudson Card. These guys are good. Top quarterback in the conference right now, I'm going J.J. McCarthy is an overall prospect.
0: As, as a thrower, take, I'm
1: probably going Talia.
0: Would you take either of those quarterbacks over C.J. Stroud from last year? No, I would not. Okay. Well then I made my point. Next overreaction.
1: But as an overall conference I think this is the best we've ever seen I don't offensively know. I, in the big time. I
0: think I think it's very top heavy and I think they're not as deep. I think we hoped for more, but gosh, it's been it's a been a rough start.
1: Why, you got those quarterbacks. I, not even, we didn't even mention the caliber of running backs. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, Braylon Allen, Nick Singleton, k Allen, Nate Carter. All those guys are going to be playing on Sundays. Uh, hey, if, if I gave you a combined 30 wins for Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State on the season, including bowl season, would you go over under?
0: I'd go over for those three. So each one would
1: have to get – they'd all have to get double-digit wins with one of them picking up an 11th win.
0: I think You're it would happen. Over? I'd go over. I would agree with you.
1: Now, if I change that and I said forty wins, but you include Maryland in that, no, under, under, I'd probably go under as well.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think. So. I mean, look, I think Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State are going to look really good. We'll find out this upcoming week when Ohio State plays Notre Dame. Um, but I think those three teams are really good. I'm not sold on Maryland just yet. I, I think t- Baby Two is still not. He's still like a little reckless. He can't get under control.
1: I can't disagree with you there. All right, last overreaction. I'm going to divert from the Big Ten for a minute here. Colorado is the most exciting team in college football right now, and they're making the college football playoffs at the very least. They're going to be they're going to finish the year as a top ten team.
0: Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, most exciting, yes. Uh, they're going to the playoff. No, I they won't even be a top twenty five by the end of the year. Um, I, I I'm a believer in what Dion's doing right now, but. They're about to play the two hardest games of their schedule: two Big Ten teams, Oregon and uh, USC, and they're doing that without their best player, Travis Hunter. It is it's it's going to be rough going for them. Shadur Sanders is probably the most fun to watch, most exciting player. He's in a college blast. Football He's right a now. great player. That the team's just not deep enough. I, I love what Deion's done. They're not deep enough. Um, but Hey, you can't tell me they're not exciting, right? They're fun to watch.
1: So I'm not going to compare Shadur to Bryce Young in terms of play style, but just his overall electricity is on the same level. I won't,
0: I won't disagree. He's an electric, man. Who doesn't want to watch him? And you know what the best part is he's Dion's favorite son. So that helps. Did you see that? The list of his favorite sons? I didn't see that. No, I'll have to check I'm that gonna out. I'm going to send that to you later. It, it was someone, someone sent it to me and it's from, uh, from his Instagram and he, he labels his favorite kids one through five. And then there's a video of him saying, um, something along the lines of, I'm, you guys act like you don't rank your kids, but I'm just being honest. So, I love it. I love Dion. He's, he's, he's everything about who he is is honest. He just says who he is. It's great.
1: That's pretty awesome. If they can beat number 10 Oregon or beat who is it? Number five USC next, or uh, in two weeks, I, I, I I think they're they're capable of upsetting one of those guys. Watch out, man. I think they're they're destined for the top ten.
0: They're capable. I think they could have with Travis Hunter. I think without Travis Hunter, it gets a lot harder. But I can argue with you. You know what? Dion put Shiloh Sanders as his number five son, favorite child. And um, you know what? He had two interceptions this past week. If he gets a couple big picks, he might move up to four or three. So you never know.
1: I love it, man. The Dion power
0: rankings. <laughs> I'm not making any of this up, by the way. I mean, maybe I am. I don't know. But I, I someone sent it to me. So please look it up. if You haven't already. I love it, man. Dion's got his own MPI list. He As really someone does. who's a
1: fan of of rankings and, and power rankings. I love he it. He ranks his
0: kids. <laughs> I love it. That's good stuff. Well, why don't we dive into these games, man? We had uh, some good football, some not so good football, a lot of learnings about these teams. Starting with that Friday night game, Virginia at Maryland. I think Virginia is kind of a, a team that's that you know they're zero three now. They're they're struggling. They lost to JMU the week before, um, but Maryland handles business forty two to fourteen. What'd you see here?
1: Yeah, but I mean it was another weird start for Maryland, right? Uh, went down fourteen nothing last week to Charlotte. Went down fourteen nothing again this week to Virginia. Uh, Second week in a row now, Josh, where they they fall down early, but they end up winning by double digits. They're finishing strong. Uh, It's been a few rough first halves for them, but uh, my takeaway from this game, Tungavailoa is obviously a star, almost 350 yards through the air. I'm not worried about him. Uh, Deshaun Jones is a really good receiver. Clearly, Tungavailoa is number one target. Had a 64-yard touchdown reception in this one, gave the Terps the lead. Really, it opened up the game for Maryland, and they pulled away after that. Uh, I get a little worried, though, and I'm curious to see how some of these Big Ten teams that are coached well with good, capable secondaries handle the uh, and Deshaun Jones connection because nobody's really stepped up and given them a solid second option in the passing attack. If they shut uh, shut down Jones, I still think Tungabailoa is good enough to put up numbers and win a game, but it's going to be interesting. And, And then quickly, I expected a little more out of Roman Hemby in this game. Big week last week, not so much here. He did have two touchdowns, but his yardage was minimal. Uh, I think Maryland has the right to be hopeful about their Big Ten season, but I also think they have a lot to prove still.
0: They sure do, but you know what? Anytime you can get a, get multiple turnovers in a game, you got to feel pretty good about it. And Maryland had four takeaways against Virginia. I think that tends to regress back to the mean, so we'll see. But you know what? I'll tell you what, Mark. I'm not mad to start 3 0 if I'm the Maryland Terrapins.
1: Yeah, really good start for them, man. Solid start. Um, offenses look great defense is looking okay so I, they just got to start better they, they can't go down 14 nothing to a big 10 team and expect to come back and win every no week.
0: and and i think the next two games are winnable for this team right you go into michigan state next week and then you play indiana those are realistically winnable games you could start five and zero going to ohio state so that's that's a lot of fun for that team um jump into our next game penn state illinois within the the conference what'd you see here
1: A good win for Penn State. I mean, despite their record and what we've seen so far, I still think Illinois is a good team. Uh, Kind of a subpar effort from Drew Aller in this one, just 16 for 33 on his pass attempts. That's a lot lower than his 78% uh, completion percentage in his first two games. Uh, Not too concerned, though. Uh, That Penn State defense played great. Five takeaways, four picks, and a fumble recovery. Really tough game for Luke Altmaier, Illinois' quarterback. Um, Not sure if you saw this or not, but Penn State has now scored 30 or more points in 10 straight games and just happens to be the longest streak in the country, uh, which is impressive. Uh, gets a lot tougher next week, though. They're hosting the Iowa Hawkeyes. We're going to see what they're made of.
0: Yeah, can't wait for that football game. Where was Altmeier in the uh, MPI rankings? Oh, geez, I don't
1: have my MPI in front of me. I think he was I think he was hovering around six or seven, but he's dropping. He's, he's taking a significant fall after this weekend.
0: Four picks, man. And you know what? This was just a very weird week in general. I mean, I'm not going to pick on any team, but... Penn State, Michigan, Georgia, Bama—all these teams really did not look great this week. Um, Ohio State looked pretty darn good, but um, Illinois throwing four picks. Penn State kind of sluggish, not running the ball too well. Um, it says a lot, but at the same time, you know what? Your Penn State, you're three and zero you you live to fight another day. It's hard to win on the road, right? You're starting to settle in, but we're going to learn a lot about this team because if I'm not mistaken, this is a whiteout here when they play Iowa. That will be a lot of fun to watch and we'll we'll learn a lot about your Hawkeyes.
1: That game's going to be a lot of fun and I'm counting down the days. I got to count down on my phone. October 21st, Penn State, Ohio State. That's going to be, be that's that's going to be a big
0: game. That's going to be crazy. I can't wait for that football game. What about this uh Louisville and uh and Indiana game that we had really
1: tough loss for Indiana had a fourth and goal 18 inches out to tie the game they come up short Uh, this is a good Indiana team they're not getting the wins right now but they're competing we said it after week one they look good against Ohio State they look good last week versus Indiana State and they look good again this week Uh, they were shorthanded in this one top cornerback Nick Toomer didn't play they lost their starting guard Max Longman in the first half Uh, they're one and two right now but I like what I'm seeing from them to stick with my theme of overreaction Monday, though, uh, I was looking at their schedule. This might have knocked them out of bowl season already. Uh, I I thought their only chance was to sweep their non-conference games. They have Akron next week, and that should be a win. But after that, I don't see four more wins on their schedule. They might actually lose out. Uh, Maybe they beat Rutgers. I don't think they will. Uh, Or maybe they beat Purdue. But six
0: wins is going to be a tall order for this team. See, I see potentially four wins. But um i think that just depends on where the cards fall i think this team is better than they're like we just said here they're better than they've shown with the record but man they've got to run the ball better if they're they had 58 yards rushing if i'm not mistaken they've got to be better if you're going to win football games you got to be better that's a tough loss to louisville but you know what you can't get 21 in the hole and expect to uh to come back that's just not how it works in college football what about uh, Georgia Southern at Wisconsin here? This was a little tighter than I think the Badgers would like for a little bit there.
1: Yeah, Wisconsin got the win here, and it kind of felt like a big deal. Uh, that's not saying a lot either, though, because they're playing Georgia Southern. Um, they needed this one, though, after what happened last week versus Washington State. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe we were wrong about Tanner Mordecai. I mean, he's good, uh, but he's not a top-five quarterback in the Big Ten. He's not ahead of J.J. McCarthy or Talia Tungvailo or Drew Aller. I'm taking Kyle McCord over him, and I might even take Hudson Carter, or Noah Kim over him. Uh, good game for Wisconsin's rushing attack. Really good game for their defense. Six sacks, five picks, and a fumble recovery. I forgot for a minute. I thought maybe they were playing against Jeff Sims in Nebraska. Um, with all those picks, but I'm just kidding. Sorry, Nebraska. Um, I still think they need to get Jameer Dyke more involved. Only three catches here. He's way too dynamic for them not to incorporate him in that offense. Uh, My takeaway for Wisconsin right now, they got to continue to pass protect well. They did a better job this week. Uh, They they did a better job with their tackling here as well. Um, Look, the running game is going to be tough to stop, no matter who you are. Michigan, Penn State, doesn't matter. They're going to be able to run the ball. But I just want to see this passing attack evolve a little more came into the season saying they were going to run an air raid offense. This is not an air raid offense. Uh, I'd like to see a little more out of them.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, getting six turnovers is great, but you really didn't win by a ton of points. And I I, I get that it's an air raid, but I'm going to go back to like, you got two really good running backs, man. Like Ches Malusi and and Braylon Allen, like you got two really good running backs. You have to take advantage of them. But I think maybe it hasn't been the air, air raid because Mordecai hasn't really taken the steps forward that you'd like. Regardless, though, it's a win. They got Purdue coming up and Rutgers before they meet Iowa. The schedule isn't overly heavy. They could really get in a good bowl if they continue to to take steps forward in the right direction. We jump into our three thirty games, man. Um, you know, I think, uh, well, I guess we'll do this this first one here. Then we'll go do a, a short break. But Minnesota, North Carolina. This was a fun game. Um, tough to to finish the way it did, but I think it was closer than the score shows initially.
1: I, I would agree, um, but I thought the main difference in this one was that North Carolina has Drake May and Minnesota doesn't. That's it, plain and simple. Uh, May's going to be a top five, uh, top 10 pick next April. You saw here uh, exactly why. Over 400 yards passing, ran for almost 40 yards. I thought he looked really good. Um, I don't know, maybe you can explain this. I, I couldn't understand why Minnesota uh, wasn't, trying to stop Nate McCollum defensively. North Carolina receiver had 15 receptions, 165 yards and a touchdown. May just kept going to him over and over and over. Uh, It didn't seem like they were really adjusting that well to stopping that. They stopped the run really well, but they couldn't stop the passing attack to save their lives. Um, Really that, along with Kelly Comanis' play, is kind of what did in Minnesota in this one.
0: Yeah, I, I think they just didn't have the talent to compete with them, realistically. And you know what? In my opinion, Drake may—I I wonder if he's going to slip a little bit and, uh, in the draft. He's one of those quarterbacks that, you know, it seems like everyone's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's the guy, he's the top five. Um, but he, his play is leaving a little bit to be desired, right? Not really putting a ton of points in the scoreboard. Like, it's great to throw for 400 yards, but 31 points, I mean— You got to be productive with that. Um, Regardless, it's a tough loss for Minnesota. You'd like to see more out of them. The good news for them is they have Northwestern and Louisiana here to tune up a little bit before they play Michigan and Iowa back-to-back. So they can take a couple lumps from this one, learn from it, and move forward. It's a tough loss. You kind of hoped that Minnesota could take those steps in this one, but... The offense has really struggled, you know, putting 13 up against Nebraska and then 25 against Eastern Michigan. The offense has got to get it sorted out in the in the next upcoming weeks. Completely agree. That defense is playing well, but that offense has to step up. No doubt. Omar, why don't we take a short break, and then we'll go through the rest of our games. Let's do it. And we are Mar. We still have a lot of games to go through. It kind of blows my mind when we go through the beginning of the season and there's just so many football games. I can't wait till they're all playing each other so we can dive in even more. Yeah, thankfully
1: next week we got a lot more Big Ten interconference games, which will save us uh, a lot of
0: work. So, And I can't wait, by the way, for some of these games that are, and, and we'll talk about that later, but it's going to be a lot of fun. This other game we had an interesting one was Northwestern Duke. I was really rooting for Northwestern. I know I came on here and said they weren't going to win any games this year. Um, I think you and I were in agreement, but they didn't. They didn't play terribly against Duke. But Duke is a uh, number twenty-one in the country and and undefeated. Tough loss though, thirty-eight fourteen losing to Duke here.
1: Yeah, Northwestern got a little outside their lane last week by winning. Uh, back on track this week, though. Uh, <laughs> look, Duke's a good team and Northwestern's not. We all know that. Uh, they've lost 13 straight road games. Uh, for the second time in their last three games, they almost didn't reach a double digit point total. The passing game's not working, the running game's not working. Uh, ben Bryant just looks rough playing quarterback for them. Shades of Spencer Peaches from last season, which sounds harsh, but it's not. Uh, he's got decent enough receivers. A.J. Henning is a guy that we both like, Cam Johnson, uh, Cam Porter, and Brendan Sullivan in the backfield. Um, They got their one win last week. Maybe, just maybe, they can get one more, Uh, maybe against Howard, because they're not beating any Big Ten team on their schedule. weakest team they have left outside of Howard is Nebraska, whose offense kind of sucks right now. Uh, Maybe they can get Jeff Sims to turn the ball over a whole bunch. I just don't see it.
0: I don't see it either, and it, it's just Northwestern's not, not a great team this year. It's a tough year, and they gave up way too much on the ground. They couldn't – I think I think they were averaging uh, – Duke was averaging like over six yards to carry 6.7, not a great showing. Um, how about that Western Michigan and Iowa Hawkeyes game? I know we talked about it earlier. I want to hear some honest truth from you. How would you feel about this game watching it?
1: I mean, like I said earlier, I think Iowa is starting to reach the height of their superpowers now. Um 41 points this week is there room to improve sure uh slowly but surely located mcnamara is starting to look a little more comfortable in that offense uh were the numbers there this week no like you mentioned earlier 103 yards passing two touchdowns two picks Uh, but the leadership that he's bringing to this team is something they haven't had on the offensive side of the ball in some time Uh, now obviously they have a really tough game next week number seven penn state in happy valley a whiteout like you mentioned uh just based on how good penn state's look so far that's more than likely going to end up being Iowa's first loss of the season. But after that, I mean, look, look at their remaining schedule. This is what it looks like. Michigan State, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, and Nebraska. I, I think Wisconsin and Rutgers are going to be a challenge, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that they win out. They, they, they could potentially finish with 9, 10, or 11 wins, which right now, based on how the West division is looking, would be good enough to win that
0: division. You're not wrong. I mean the schedule is favorable for them, right? Um, I just I need to see more and here's the thing with Cade McNamara. I feel like he he's not playing terrible, but he's regressed a little bit from what I remember him at Michigan, which is a, a little alarming. With that being said, I think he's ahead of where Spencer Peters was, right. Um, but I'd like to see more out of him. I, I just there's just not enough here and they only had nine completions with Cade. Even more of a fun fact: Do you know how many completions they gave up against Western Michigan? I do not. No. Seven, seven. So seven for them and nine for Cade. It's there wasn't a lot of throwing of the football. Uh, they would have loved it in the you know the nineteen twenties if, if this was the football game. Um, but three hundred eighty-seven yards for Iowa. I'd like to see more out of them. I am. I will be honest. I'm stoked for the whiteout. I really am.
1: Well, go back to those passing times. So. That speaks volumes to Iowa's defense, though, right? It does.
0: Their defense is great. No one can ever deny that Iowa's going to always have a world-class defense.
1: Cooper DeGene is awesome. I've compared him uh, this past week to a Swiss Army knife for that defense because he can do it all on defense. He can uh, play man, he can play zone, uh, he can blitz. He's very good defensively. So uh, that defense obviously is not going to be the problem. I think I speak for both of us. We both like to see that offense kind of step it up a little bit because it's looking too yeah. much like the offense we saw from them last year. Obviously, uh, Cade is just levels better than Spencer Petras was, but it'd still be nice to see them kind of step it up a little bit here.
0: Yeah, it would. I, I, I'm i hoping to see it soon. As much as I tease them, I'm hoping to see it. A team that w- you've spent a lot of time teasing um, this year that has performed, I think, pretty darn well to start this year. Probably the biggest surprise is Rutgers and Rutgers beats Virginia Tech at uh, at our three thirty game here, pretty darn handedly and and that's three pretty easy wins for Rutgers and they go up going to go into Ann Arbor this upcoming weekend. What would you see here from Rutgers?
1: Yeah, I mean they continue to impress me too. Uh, you said biggest surprise, yeah, they're my biggest surprise in the Big Ten right now. They're three and zero. They beat Northwestern, Temple, and now Virginia Tech, and and they look good in all three, offensively and defensively. They put up thirty plus in their last two games. They're playing. Shut down defense right now forcing turnovers Uh, Looking through the box score this morning Gavin Wimsett Not his best game through the air obviously, but his growth as a dual threat option continues rush for 87 yards and a touchdown Uh, They had a 12-game losing streak uh, against VT. That's over now Uh, And this might just go with my overreaction theme as well for this episode, but uh I think Manga guy is emerging as one of the elite running backs in the big Ten. 143 yards and three rushing touchdowns here, 351 yards and five touchdowns through three games. He's been terrific and it's been fun to watch this team so far.
0: He's been great, man. He's been absolutely phenomenal, especially considering there was no, no air raid going on here. I mean, it was pretty clear where they were going with it with seven completions. Um, With that being said, Rutgers looks good. I'm impressed by Rutgers. I think, um, you know, after seeing Michigan, which we'll talk about later, and, and some of the struggles they had, we see they're mortal right now. Um, that this is this is a tough game for them. Rutgers could could catch them there, so that'll be a lot of fun. Good win for Rutgers to beat up on Virginia Tech, thirty-five to sixteen, and start the season three and zero. Here here's here's another one that I think kind of stood out in a big way was. Kyle McCord gets the start, official nod for Ohio State. He's our starting quarterback. And, uh, man, did he take the reins or what against Western Kentucky?
1: Yeah, big win for the Buckeyes. It's not often, Josh, that you see a 35-point quarter. Uh, McCord was really good. Marvin Harrison was great, as usual. Just another casual 75-yard touchdown catch for him this week. No big deal. Uh, the running game looked really good. I, I think they're tuned up now. Big matchup next week, number six, Ohio State, versus number nine, Notre Dame. Uh, that's going to be a game you cannot miss. Whether or not you're a fan of either of these teams, because I know both of these teams are pretty easy to dislike, uh, you still got to do whatever you can to watch that game. And, and we're going to have fun breaking that one down later this week.
0: That is going to be fun. I'm just stoked for seeing those those two teams. But um, great game from Kyle McCord. I think when you get the pressure of being the starting quarterback, that can be a little overwhelming. Kyle McCord said, nah, no big deal. Like, I'm glad you finally named it because – he was 19 for 23, 318 yards, three touchdowns. It doesn't get much better than that.
1: Yeah, he's starting to look really good. I know a lot of people were harsh on him after week one. He's facing a lot of criticism. But, um, I mean, as his first game as a starting quarterback for, for Ohio State. He's turned it around since, and he's been looking really, really good. So
0: I'm he's happy to see his to progression hell. so far. Me too, me too. Now, speaking of progression, which – what would be the opposite opposite of that? Regression. Regression, And if yes. we're going to talk regression, we can't go without talking about Michigan State getting blasted by Washington. I, I'm not lying to you when I say this, Mario. I turned this on. First of all, I did not love the fact that I couldn't I, – I had to go to another network to watch it, a different app to watch it. It's a whole different story. But I turned this on, and I think I was 10 minutes in the game, and I was almost like, forget it. Like, I'll just go back to – what I'm watching here, this was this was not a pretty game.
1: Not the game I hoped for, not at all. Uh, I had called this one last week the game of the week, in the Big Ten didn't live up to that at all. Uh, Noah Kim coming off his Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week award was tough to watch in this one. Nate Carter, um, I've been saying they hit the jackpot with him coming through the transfer portal. Not the best game for him either. Uh, look, I don't know if you knew this, Noah Kim and Nate Carter coming in this week were the Big Ten passing leader and the Big Ten rushing leader. Uh, neither one had a very good game. Washington's a really good team. They're ranked in the top eight for a reason. Their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., is the, is in the Heisman race for a reason. Um, when I broke down this game last week, I, I thought the key would be Michigan State's pass rush, and I said if they want to be competitive in this game, they got to put some pressure on Penix. They didn't do that at all. Uh, and now they have a tough stretch of games ahead of them. Maryland, Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan. I'm looking at three, maybe four losses in there. It's going to be tough. You
0: know what this game reminded me of is – do you remember the old NCAA games? I do. Yeah, I miss them. Felt felt like when you had one of those stacked teams and you just played like uh just any random team and you throw for a million yards. I mean, it was almost five hundred yards for Washington at the half when I looked. They ended up with let me let me get this correct number, seven hundred and thirteen yards against Michigan State. It just wasn't a pretty game. And uh Penix is is a fantastic player throwing for 473. This team is very good. This Washington team is very, very good, but Michigan state, it, it's tough to see there. There was two ways they could go following what happened this past week. And I'm not going to dive into the stuff off the field. You could either come out, chip on your shoulder and dominate, or you can come out flat. And that's what happened. This team didn't have energy. They didn't look, they looked flat. That was a rough viewing for uh, if you're a Spartan.
1: You said this reminded you of the old NCAA games. This also reminded me of this game last year because it looked a lot, <laughs> looked very similar to Washington versus Michigan State last season as well.
0: It really did. Tough game. What about this Northern Illinois at Nebraska game? Finally,
1: uh, Nebraska gets in the win column. Congratulations, Cornhuskers. Uh, obviously, the problem has been their turnovers. Jeff Sims has been a turnover machine. Six turnovers in two games. That's not good. Uh, but he didn't play in this one. He's out with an ankle injury. Their backup, Harburg, took over, played pretty well. Only one turnover this week, uh, a lost fumble. Uh, he ran for 98 yards and a touchdown. Am I missing something here? I, I, I don't ever remember these uh, designated quarterback runs being such a big part of these Matt Rule offenses. Is that something new?
0: I don't remember it. I think this is more to do with the talent that he has, right? It isn't that much of a choice. He's adapting. Um, I will tell you, this Nebraska defense is for real. They've been good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was just going to get to that, too. I was going to say I was impressed with their defense. They gave up a lot of points to Colorado last week, but Colorado puts up points on everyone. Outside of that, they're running a three-three-five scheme, and it's looking nice so far. It's going to give—I mean, the offense obviously has to step up, but this defense is going to give some Big Ten teams some trouble once they hit the meat of that Big Ten schedule.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I know they gave up a lot to Colorado, but that first half, to be honest with you, they—, they really took it to Colorado's offense, but it was the second half where things let up because they weren't moving the ball or turning it over. Um, either way, this is a good win for Nebraska. I think they're on the right trajectory. I think this team looks better than a 1-2 and two football team right now. I think they just had unlucky draw with who they had to play, but great win for Nebraska. Happy for them to get a win here. Absolutely.
1: I think they might have had the, the t- most difficult Big Ten schedule up to this point. Right, Minnesota's a good team. Colorado's a good team. Um. Yeah, tough draw for them to start the season like this.
0: Tough draw. Speaking of tough draw, Bowling Green draws Michigan at night. Uh, what you would expect to be a blowout, and if you look at the score and you kind of compare Michigan's first two weeks where the score was very similar, you probably look at this and go, oh, man, Bowling Green got unloaded on. This wasn't quite that, actually. Michigan had full control of the game from the beginning to the end. You kind of felt it but this was not a good performance.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you completely. Um, outside of that, though, Michigan's been as advertised, and they're beating up on these little schools that they scheduled. Um, it'll be a nice change of pace to see them take on Texas next year. Um, JJ looked a little rough in this one. We, we talked about, about that a little off, uh, off air before we started. Um, I don't know, maybe his worst game as a starter, under 150 yards, three picks. Uh, you can't play like that once you get into your Big Ten schedule. Uh, Another touchdown catch for Roman Wilson. He's been outstanding. Six touchdown catches in three games. Blake Corham, over 100 yards and two more touchdowns. You know, Going back to JJ real quick, I I had a prediction on one of our preseason podcasts that he'd break Michigan's record for touchdown passes in a season. I think it's only like 25. He's on pace for 28 right now. I mean, he could easily do it. Um, Good run for Michigan right now. 18 straight victories at home. Longest streak since 21 in a row in 1998 through 2001. Uh, they've won 28 of their last 31, and they get their head coach back next week. Uh, Big house is going to go nuts when Harbaugh steps out on the sidelines.
0: It 100 percent is, and here's the thing: they play Rutgers, the team that we think is the hottest right now. Look out! I don't think this is going to be a walk in the park for Michigan. I think I do think there's no better time to have a a, a rough game like that for JJ. Like you know, you're finishing the the tail end of the preseason. And then you get into the Big Ten. There's no better time to have a rough game, learn from it, and move on. Um, but keep an eye on that. Think about that as we get to the future here.
1: I think this Rutgers-Michigan game next week is going to be shades of that Michigan-Indiana game from last year. Yep. Where Indiana came out of nowhere. I didn't expect to see it like that. And what was it, 10-3 to 3 at halftime with Michigan leading, and then they kind of pulled away later at the end. But Indiana gave them a much tougher game than they expected, and I think we might see that same thing from Rutgers here next week.
0: I think they're going to make it tough. They're not going to make it easy. But one more game. We got Syracuse at Purdue. What did you see here?
1: Um, Hudson Card's good. Unfortunately, the rest of that team isn't. Uh, They're rebuilding right now. Uh, They're going to be good eventually. It's just going to take some time. Uh, I picked them to win four games coming into the season. I'm feeling really good about that pick right now. Um, you're not going to win too many games with four turnovers. And and when you allow the opposing quarterback to rush for 195 yards and four touchdowns, I've never seen that before personally. I've never seen a defense give up just about 200 yards on the ground and four rushing touchdowns to a quarterback. Uh, Ryan Walters is a good defensive coach. He's got a great mind for football. I think he just needs some time here. Uh, Needs to get a few recruiting classes under his belt, coach these guys up. Uh, I think Purdue's going to be fine. It's just going to take some time.
0: It's going to take some time. This team, not a very good football team right now. It's crazy because I thought last year they, the Big Ten was pretty deep. This year, I I mean, it's top-heavy. I think it's really top-heavy. We had a couple teams that are decent, but um, gosh, it's tough to see uh, some of the performances we're seeing. But that was week, week three, right? That's week three, technically. And next week starts like the thick of it. We're going to see a lot more... Really good football coming up here next week. I cannot wait. You talked about Notre Dame and Ohio State, Rutgers and Michigan. Like I am stoked for what we have coming up here.
1: Can't wait. A lot of big games on the schedule next week. Um, I had a tough time here. So I was going through, kind of reviewing all my notes, going through these games again this morning. I I had a tough time picking out my game ball for this week. Uh, A lot of options. Uh, Guy I'm choosing to go with, though. Let me know what you think, Josh. Wisconsin safety Hunter Wohler, big reason for why Wisconsin won this game. Uh, had ten tackles, six solo, two interceptions, a sack, a tackle for a loss. He was all Took over the over. place. He's getting my game ball for
0: week three. That's a good move. That's a good move. I like that. Actually, going defense at safety. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the easy easy pick here. Look, Kyle McCord. He, his name was called saying you're gonna be the starter. The pressure was on. And he, he took it in stride. He performed really well. I realize they're playing Western Kentucky. Not a bad football team. They were 2-0 going into this, and they took it to him. It's Kyle McCord leading the charge. I know he's got so many so many weapons around him, but it's not easy to do that. It's college football. So Kyle McCord, 19 for 23, 318 yards and three touchdowns. Great game for him. Happy to see him have a, have a strong showing, And so he gets my game ball of the week.
1: That's a really good pick. Hey, before we wrap up, I I got two things that I saw this week that I thought were worth noting. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see that Colorado surpassed Ohio State and now has the most expensive ticket in all of college football? Went from averaging $121 last season to an average of $517 per ticket right now.
0: It's the Deion Sanders effect. That alone was worth the contract. Yeah, I was going to say
1: credit to Dion for building this program up so quickly. I personally will not find myself at a Colorado game. That's a little too much for me to spend. Uh, but I mean, credit to Dion, man. Kudos to Dion uh, for what he's doing right now. Secondly, I want to jump to the NFL real quick. Did you see that after this past Thursday night game, Minnesota versus Philly, Justin Jefferson, Minnesota Vikings receiver, just 24 years old, now has had more career receiving yards than any Chicago Bears receiver ever.
0: The Bears have been around for fact. over a
1: hundred years. How how wild is that?
0: I you know what I almost didn't believe it when I read it, but I saw it from enough sources, thinking, man, it's got to be true. That's that's insane.
1: That's wild. It, it doesn't make sense.
0: That's insane. Well, th- that's an interesting fact. I'm glad you brought that. I would not mind, by the way, going to a Colorado game. I'm just I'm with you. I'm not paying that kind of money for a game. No, no I chance. Can, I can have like four games up at once now. That makes it easy. Well, it was an interesting week for the Big Ten. I think we're going to learn a lot more this upcoming week for all of these these teams. I think there's a lot to be said, but you know what? That's We're going to discuss that in a later show. Why don't we uh, wrap it up today, Mar?
1: Yeah, thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us. Uh, if you enjoy our podcast, subscribe on Spotify or whatever platform you use. You can follow us on Twitter at BTRShowPod. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you guys next time.